All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Say Wine, Say With Wine, now available on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. I am very, 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 very excited for this episode. It's a very serious episode. I mean, yes, there's wine and everything, but <laughs> it's a very serious episode. We, we're going to be talking about like female reproductive rights and the conversation around abortion. And I brought someone I think is probably one of the most intelligent friends I have. Like, I mean, all my friends are intelligent. No offense to the ones listening. <laughs> but this is someone whose opinion I love <laughs> and respect so much. Ashwara, say hi to everyone. Hey, everyone. So good to be here with you, Fikayo. Yes. Oh, my God. Guys, help me take Ashwara. Like, she's recording with me twice just because Lagos Internet was not <laughs> having it. <laughs> we tried to record the first time. But, yeah, I'm so excited for this episode. Um, like I said, this episode, we're going to be talking about, like, female reproductive rights and the conversation around abortion mm-hmm. and sharing our opinions on um, obviously the pro-choice, pro-life, all of that kind of debate. And uh, so I'm really excited because I just feel like the conversation is being had in such a narrow, through a narrow lens right now. And I thought it'd be good to have Ashraya on so we can have what I think is a more in-depth conversation about this. So Ashraya, you have the floor. Mm-hmm. You have the floor. I think, let me, let me start with this. Let me start with this question, right? Would you say you're okay. pro-choice or pro-life? Absolutely pro-choice. Like, I don't know how people in general and women in particular can be otherwise um, because I mean it has everything to do with you as a human being like being pro-choice is being pro-human rights and there isn't like a lot of I don't know like why is it so complicated for people to understand but it's got everything to do with your ability to make an informed decision about yourself your body your physical and mental well-being so yes pro-choice all the way how about you Fikayo? how what, what do you feel about it i mean definitely pro-choice all the way like just <laughs> like heavily pro-choice there's no other like i there's no scenario anyone could give me that i'm not pro-choice so like i i completely stand by that i think something that i find very interesting and i think i've said this on several occasions is I think the issue a lot of people, a lot of conservatives specifically, and religious people have, is when you say pro-choice, it sort of makes yeah. it seem like, you know, it, it makes it seem like a selfish decision, right? Like, you make, it makes it seem like, yeah. like, pro-life is like, oh, who, who would not want to be pro-life? Like, everybody wants to be pro-life. Like, yeah. who's out here saying, I don't believe in life, right? But I, I think... The, 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 the choice of pro-choice versus pro-life makes it seem like if you want choice, then you hate life. Or if you want life, then like, I, I think the conversation or at least the, the use of that phrase pro-choice is very problematic for me. Um, I don't yeah. know what, the, the, what a, a suitable replacement would be. I think, I think uh, actually I thought about this yesterday and I was saying, I think maybe we should make it a <laughs> pro-existing life. <laughs> versus oh, pro yeah, that's, that's potential life <laughs> because then it's like <laughs> do you want to protect the person who is currently alive or do you want to protect yeah. the person who might exist at some point i think i think that 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 would be that would be something i could work with what, what do you think about that i mean what, what you just said actually speaks a lot like people have very little concern about the rights the dignities or just like merely respecting the existing person and their life or what they're going through and they have so much concern about a life 
which is not yet into existence, right? I mean, given like how you're treating the one that is in front of you. Exactly. What like what brings you to say that you are in favor of or you will treat the one that you're standing up for any differently, right? So yeah, I'm just like always very suspicious of pro-life uh, people. Also yeah. like, I mean, whose life are you talking about? Like you said, you know, like existing life, like does that not count for anything? And uh, like pro-life people have a lot of double standards, but I don't know, like I find it difficult to trust them. Like a lot of these, <laughs> it's hilarious because a lot of these pro-life people actually use birth control or oh my god that is so true that is so which true actually in essence makes them pro-choice because you're getting a fucking choice and you're choosing not to have that pregnancy right so um, i think they need to reconcile with their own belief system mm-hmm. before holding placards in front of other people so yeah yeah I, agree. <laughs> I, I completely agree because yesterday i actually i saw a tweet right uh i saw because like, i follow a lot of uh, a lot of like um women's health agencies and stuff on twitter and i saw this beautiful tweet yesterday mm-hmm. and this tweet was basically and i actually wrote it down because i was like i need to remember this for when we have this conversation is if you are <laughs> on, like if you are pro if you say you're pro-life and you are on birth control or you're using any form of contraception, then you are pro-choice <laughs> because like oh, that's, that's the whole point. Like if you're saying I'm pro-life, but you're using birth control, then you're pro-choice. Like you are making the choice. No, to absolutely. Exactly. And I mean, yesterday we were joking about it, like, but this is very hilarious. And I think a very poignant bit that George Carlin does is like when he talks about like pro pro-life people he says like why are these motherfuckers so enraged by other people deciding to not have a baby like if you're so pro-life then every time you're jerking off like all these men who are wasting or throwing around their uh sperm like you're actually killing potential babies like i mean or if you're having a period that's also like potential pregnancy if you would have chosen to i don't know like have sex or get pregnant so potential like if you're talking about potential life everything is potential life exactly every month exactly. wasting that opportunity so there's no consistency and like being pro-choice has nothing to like to do around going like just you just want to like kill babies all the time like what is this misconception it's about having the authority that choice to make an informed decision yeah. about whether or not you want to have a child. I agree. I completely what is so wrong about it? Like I just don't get what what is there to debate. Right. But like from legal standpoint I understand like because you have like quite a few so now you know like when people have people like saw that there's a lot of uh ground to lose and there's not enough consistency in their rational uh, like in their rational argument or uh, otherwise, um, they bring in the legal aspect of it because you have certain countries and certain cultures which have like rights of the unborn, unborn children. Like, and uh, yeah, so now, I mean, the conversation is, so basically it's the like maneuvering around until you somehow get others to agree to your belief system, even though like, I mean, you clearly are not respectful of any kind of life form, whether it's existing or potential. So I think it's all hypocritical. 
I think I, I, I definitely agree with that. I think, so, so the thing is, right, I, I feel like with, with everything that's happening in the world right now, everyone is so like on edge and people are not having yeah. these kinds of conversations from a place of like logic and thinking. Yeah. Like this conversation is being had from such an emotional place. And I just, I, I, I think I'm, I, I don't, I, I don't understand how this something that is like about a human being becomes so like everyone just loses their rights to think or their ability to think. Right. So for example, I, I, I'll give you an example. I think Absolutely. we're talking about this yesterday. Right. So for example, in Nigeria, abortion is actually illegal. Like it's, it's not like, I mean, it's not legal yeah. at all unless like, I think the law says unless like the mother's life is in danger. Um, so obviously the woman has to like be dying or something and you know, someone needs to prove that. So, but the thing is, if you are someone of means, like there are all these places that you can actually do it safely. If you are someone who's of means, yeah. right. But poor people, poor women then have to go through all sorts of horrible scenarios and you know, most times it affects their fertility. There's all sorts of issues, right? So yeah. um, I think that was a conversation. I think we had that conversation yesterday and we said, you know, it's illegal yeah. in, in Nigeria. And I think you mentioned that it is legal in India, if, if, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, but in a very twisted way, like that's, I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, I'll tell you about that, but go on. I mean, yeah. So the point I'm, I'm, I was trying to make is I think, I think, I, I try to reach out because I'm very pro-choice. Like I stand, like this is the cross I will die on. I, I stand on this every day. So I, I reached out to a bunch of people who I know are vocally pro-life to sort of understand why. Because I think sometimes maybe if you can understand why someone believes something, then it helps you yeah. sort of agree or disagree in a more sort of compassionate way. So I was speaking to, to, to someone, I want to say friend, but I'm going to have to say not a friend. <laughs> I, I was speaking to someone who is very pro-life and I said, why are you pro-life? And this person said, look, I believe that life begins at conception, right? Like the minute that child is conceived, you know, the minute conception happens, then there's a human being and that human being, you know, now has to be, you know, protected and cared for. Now, I understand that argument. I don't agree with it, but I understand that argument from at least a very religious standpoint. But if I yeah. take a step back, you know, are you now saying that the human being inside, so, you know, think of it like an onion, right? There's literally one human being and another human being yeah. inside that person. Whose life matters <laughs> more? Like, because the truth is, like, at some point, you have to pick between the person who's currently alive and the other person who's growing inside that person, right? Like, there has yeah. to be, there has to be, like, we have to be able to say, listen, it's the reason why Black Lives Matter is such a big issue, because right now, not all lives matter, right? Like, Black lives are currently not mattering, which is why we have a problem. And it's like, a, a human being already exists. And another person is growing inside that person. Doesn't the person growing the other person get a right? It, like, shouldn't I be able to say, I don't want somebody growing inside me? Like, like do yeah. I not reserve the... Like, think about it. Think about, like, from a very... I think, for, for me, from a very personal example, it's like, think about, like, if, if you're parked... Like, you've parked your car, and someone else comes and parks their car blocking your car. It's like... So yeah. can you move your car so I can get out? I realize this is a bit of a trivial example, but that's the point where it's like, you're saying because there's a life growing inside me, I lose the right to choose what I want to happen with my body. Like surely that argument has to hold. And then also, I think I spoke to another oh, person. Precisely. All right. I spoke to another person who's a priest. Do you realize like these people are only advocating for the rights of this child only till the point where it's limited by pregnancy. Exactly. Once the child is 
born, there's nobody for the rights. Like, I mean, you are not advocating or you're not giving a solution to how will this mother could be single, could be like, I mean, the child could be born out of any circumstances. Maybe it was after a sexual assault or whatever. And you're not talking about the money or the time or the hours that, you know, are required to raise this child, the schooling and uh, what do you call, uh, what kind of um, medical services will be available to the child. You are not concerned with anything about the actual life of the child and you're still advocating and speaking about protecting the sanctity of life, like I, it blows my mind. You're getting it? Like, so like yeah. pro-life advocacy is the most narrow, hypocritical kind of advocacy there ever is. Yeah, I think I think I can get on the side of that. I think I think so. So that that's the conversation. I think like I because I was again I spoke to someone else who's a priest. Actually, I spoke to a priest, and I was like, "Why are you so staunchly pro-life?" And the person was like, "Yeah, all life is a blessing, and this and that." And I was like, "Okay, fine." So if you are out here saying all life is a blessing, right, and you're saying people should not have mm-hmm. the right to abort pregnancies, why are you then not teaching? Why are you not investing in sexual health education? Like. You cannot be preaching abstinence and then be pro-life. Like, if you're going to go out and say, oh, you, you do not have the right to terminate a pregnancy, then give people the option to choose if they want to be pregnant or not, right? Like, if you're saying by the time you're pregnant, you cannot abort the pregnancy, you cannot, you know, lose the pregnancy, then teach people sexual health. Like, teach people contraception, investing family planning. Like, you see a lot of people who, I, I think... A lot of the pro-life conversation comes from one of two things. I think it's either a miseducation, like a, a yeah. genuine ignorance of what it means or what it entails versus like genuine selfishness, right? Because I always patriarchy. say- to, I that, always That say to, to me is equal to patriarchy. Exactly, right? I always say to people, yeah. if you are going to be anti-abortion, right? Then don't have an abortion. Yeah. <laughs> like- <laughs> don't like there's a selfishness to it right if you don't if you don't if you don't want an abortion if you don't believe in abortion don't have an abortion but don't stand in the way of those who want one right like people want abortions for different reasons like you said like some people you know it's been it could be a case of rape you know in nigeria right now you know i think the beauty of this conversation we're having is you know you're from india where there's Mm. a lot of violence against women i'm also from nigeria where there's a lot of violence against women and you know it was in Mm. the news BBC Africa actually carried this story between January and May during the lockdown in Nigeria. Over 90 cases of reported rape, I think 775 cases of reported rape, and I think over 90 of those cases were like fathers raping their daughters, right? Like that's right already. So sometimes people want abortions just because of, you know, rape, incest, all sorts of horrible things. Like you should get the right to decide Mm. if you want to be, you know, a victim for life, because you have a baby out of rape. Oh, that is a constant reminder of your, your suffering. But also, I think people, like, see, I just feel like if you find out you're pregnant, right, a baby is supposed to be a thing of joy, a thing of happiness. If you find out you're pregnant and your first thought is, oh, shit, I genuinely think you should let it go because yeah. you're just going to bring another child into the world and raise another person with mommy and daddy issues. And it's like, there's only too many fucked up people in the world. We don't need yeah. more. Like, I, I realize this sounds like a psychopathic argument, but I just, I just, oh, I, no, I, no, far from it, far from it, Sakayo. Like, there are so many 
things that you said, which are actually very valid in terms of like, um, whether you're talking about patriarchy, whether you're talking about economics, whether you're talking about <clears throat> social well-being of people. Okay, first of all, uh, a few points, like, I mean, I don't know where to start from, but like, okay, let's, whether it is Nigeria where you say it's illegal or whether in India where I'm saying it's legal, although it's twisted, uh, abortions are not stopping, okay? Like, you can find all kinds of statistics which say one out of five or one out of four pregnancies are leading into abortion. So legal or illegal, the practicality of the situation dictates that there should be, like, accessible health care for women to have safe abortions. Doesn't matter if it's legal or illegal because it's happening any which ways, right? And there are so many deaths and complications that are born out of these unsafe abortions, which are which are very easily preventable. Okay, that's fucked up. And I hate like how like the religious aspect of it or people like just being caught up in a rhetoric or whatever drive the conversation away from the actual discourse that we need to be having about it okay and you have like the two things that you pointed out like which i mean i'm still thinking about is how misinformation and um what selfishness these two which i said like for me it's basically patriarchy these two together are actually responsible for the highest number of abandoned children of orphan children that, I mean, in a country like India, there's just so many of them. Like, it's a, I mean, I don't know what to say about it. And it's because you have people, first of all, who don't have that kind of education, who've not been given that level of awareness, who've not been taught, like, taught sex education or contraception or any of these things. And at the same time, you are stuck in a rut of patriarchy where there's this, uh, like, women have to perform this sexual servitude of, um, you know, like keep on giving birth and are expected to raise children and in which like they mostly do not have a say. Like women very rarely, I can speak for India, get to have a say in like if or not they want to have a child, when they want to have a child. Like this isn't up to them, right? So this choice is not afforded to them either. So this like lethal combination of these two has now accounted for this like monumental crisis of so many children being homeless, so many of them being abandoned, especially when you're talking about developing countries where you have like a large margin of them. Like economically speaking, so many of the people living below poverty line. And then you're wondering like, why are poor countries poor? I mean, this is a part of it as well, because you're public policies are still like, for instance, like, let's talk about, I was telling you about the legality of abortion. Yeah. So abortions in India are legal, right? On yeah. the face of it, good, seems progressive. Now, what happens is they are legal, but you've got like four conditions attached to it, okay? I don't remember them exactly, but first of all, like, if it's, like you say, like there's some medical, uh, or health risk to the mother's life or if the fetus has some sort of impairment as they say or um, if the child is uh, born out of sexual assault or rape and the fourth one which is the worst kind which I think is the most discriminatory is that 
if it's an unplanned um, pregnancy, but it's only allowed, right? So yeah. you like choice, but still under this very paternalistic, um, what do you call approach that only like married women get to have a choice in this, right? And then again, like, what's the point of it? Yeah. Because married women anyways don't get a choice in their pregnancies. True. You're getting it. Like, young women don't have their rights anywhere listed. Yeah. And it is, like, honestly, from a personal perspective, I have a major issue. And I, like, equate this to the whole... um, white feminist movement you know the early phases is because this conversation is still limited to uh cisgender straight women sure. and that is something very personally problematic because you're not talking about trans or non-binary people at all you're not talking about your lesbians or bisexuals like anybody with a reproductive capacity should be a part of this like yeah. i remember uh, writing a paper on the rights of or like the lack of rights for intersex persons in India and like these people are some of the most vulnerable communities in the world Uh like they are the most prone to sexual assault and rape and they are not even considered when you're talking about abortions yeah this person who's like violated in the worst form and like intersex persons in most countries like over 90 percent of the countries don't recognize intersex persons as people like a lot of countries included india don't even record their births and they are not classified like are you getting it like they're not or they're not female you don't you're not recognized as a human being and let alone be a part of this conversation Mm. so like i think stop this um I don't know, man. We need to widen the discourse and yeah. need to have a conversation here, you know? Yeah, In, I, I, I like, completely agree. I think yeah. I completely agree. And the, the, I think the, 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 the part of the conversation that I always sort of like to, because I just, I just think people are having this conversation from a very emotional standpoint. And I think we need to bring it yeah. back to facts and figures and numbers. So for example, exactly. what is very clear is abortions happen regardless, right? Like, yeah. Whether they're legal or not, like abortions will happen. That is a fact. Like that is not like th- there's actual data that shows that in fact. So for example, I was, I was reading this report by the Gottmacher Macker Institute. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. So it's this institute that actually collects data on women's rights all over the world. And they actually published a report um, sometime in, I think, 2012, give or take. And they published a report and they found that in countries where abortion is actually legal, like there was a lower abortion rate, whereas they compared that to like places in Africa where abortion is illegal and they found that there was a higher Mm -hmm. abortion rate. The fact that something is illegal doesn't mean it's not happening. It's like drugs, right? Like the fact that drugs are illegal, using them, it just means there's no safety and no protect. Like if something is going to happen regardless of the law, then the law needs to change to protect the thing and to make it safe for this thing to occur, right? Like for example, in in 2000, 2000 and uh, sorry in 1996 actually the world health organization published a report where they found that in south africa in 1996 after the government passed the law legalizing abortion the rate of infection in women from abortions reduced by 52 percent meaning women were having abortions in the dodgiest circumstances and actually getting infected and suffering other diseases 
But when abortions became legal and actual doctors and medical experts could help, you know, this process continued to happen at the same rate and people actually died less. So I, I, I just feel like this thing you're discussing, this abortion issue, yes. is going to happen regardless of the law. And I just, I just think the law needs to, like, it's the same argument. Like, people ask me this, they're like, oh, so are you saying then that the uh, drug use should be legalized? I'm not saying legalize the use of drugs. I'm just saying create a system in which people who, for whatever reason, use drugs or have found themselves using drugs can actually be protected by the state. Because what, are you, are you saying that people who use drugs should, should die? Like, what is the argument here? Like, oh, if you have an abortion, you're a murderer. That is... Uh, <laughs> oh, that argument irritates me on such a high level. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, these things are going to happen. And I, I remember just speaking to that pro-choice priest, sorry, pro-life priest. And he said something which really pissed me off. He said, you know, if we legalize abortion, then suddenly all women are going to want an abortion. And I thought to myself, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, ever, I, ever. Like, abortion like, is not a myth. Like, Nobody's this, this nope. should actually yeah this should actually tell you how far off people and especially men who s- sit behind the doors and make laws and policies concerning women's rights and women's agency over their body they're so far removed from the actual experience of it like we were talking yesterday it's it's incredibly baffling like i mean like i was telling you about this friend of mine who uh like helped um, one of her uh, close friends. Like, so this uh, lady got pregnant after, um, it, I wouldn't call her, like it, it's to me, it's actually, it classifies as rape because if you're sleeping with somebody on the pretext of marriage and then you just ditch them, then you're actually sexually exploiting them. So this uh, boy got this woman pregnant sure. and then and then she had no choice and somehow she collected the little money that she had and she went to like this uh, old Delhi, very uh, like it's like dungeony small clinic where she got this very unsafe abortion done. She had no support system because it's an experience about which you can't tell anybody, which is why there's, I mean, it's a vicious cycle. Like it's a, like you were talking about the fact that you're not going to legalize it is anyway contributing to the already existing stigma, right? And the stigma is so huge that women would rather risk getting infections or dying or bleeding to death on a table than actually live in a society which is like I mean, which is going to treat them like shit anyway. Because the stigmatization about young women's pregnancies is just incredible. Like, I mean she would anyways be killed by her family. Like, I mean, honor killing is kind of big in India. Yeah, so no, that's horrible. She would rather risk, yeah, like she would rather risk of whatever is going to happen to her in that clinic. And it's bad. Like, I mean, the kind of experience that these women have to go through because of how, you know, this whole cycle feeds each other. And yeah, it's just so terrible, man. Yeah, I completely agree, right? And I, I mean, just, just circling back to what I was saying, right? So the, the, the argument this priest made was if we legalize abortions, then everyone is going to want one. And I, I think to myself, well, first of all, how is that your concern, right? <laughs> like, if I, if I want something in my body, done to my body, whatever, how is that your concern? So that's my first thing. Second thing I think I have an issue with is 
does anyone like do these people who make this argument understand the process of an abortion like it's not like oh you yes. just go to the bathroom and pee and that's it like it's a medical procedure like in some cases it's actual surgery like who's out here electing to have their body just opened up and cut out like nobody like what are you talking about don't know all women will want one right i i think the the the, the key thing i wish i to explain to people on this conversation is we're not saying all pregnant women should consider an abortion. We're just saying that everyone should have a choice. Everyone should have an option around what they want. Yeah, you can't even reason with these people. Like, do you realize like the underlying argument of what the priest was trying to say when he says that if you legalize it, that everybody would want an abortion is him trying to say that women are reckless and they can't be trusted to make their own decisions, which is why you have these men in high boardrooms making our decisions for us, right? So this is another way of taking a woman's agency away from them. Like they have no idea what the body would go through during an abortion. Women, like if, why would any woman ever want to undergo this experience? They would never understand that. Like, it's not something that is a value addition to her life or her physical or mental well-being. It's a very traumatic experience, right? And them just saying that, oh, everybody would want it. How can you, like, just trust people or trust women to make that decision? They would want to get abortions all the time. Like, that just shows the level of fear that men in particular and society in general has about women having their own agency and the misconceptions that they have in their mind about what women would do if they had that agency. So it's actually like, to me, it just signals the amount of fear that they have of losing control. Like abortion uh, or like not allowing women to have abortion is one of the strongest tools, in fact, like like in the hands of patriarchy of controlling women and that is why this battle like has been going on for so long and it's so hard fought because it's actually one of the most like one of the last standing most direct tools of controlling women and they're not going to give it up that easily are you getting it so yeah, yeah i think like it's it's yeah we we should be in for quite a long time we should be prepared for a longer battle yeah i i think i think because so i just i just and again i think i keep coming back to the fact that like honestly if you're on twitter or instagram these days like every conversation is so you know it's coming from a place of anger people are not like listening to understand they're listening to yeah. respond right like look at people who say when someone tells you black lives matter and someone says all lives matter it's like we're not saying all lives don't matter we're just saying that write down some don'ts and we would like to see those lives matter right it's, it's that argument it's it's like watching people have the argument no, it's around just like a tactic it's a tactic to drown out the actual conversation exactly every all lives matter to a black lives matter is an attempt to drown out the conversation of exactly. racism and discrimination. And that's it, all that there is to it. There is nothing to debate. And for like, the, okay, so the only justified anger that I feel is for 
women or like people who are pro-choice and have been fighting this battle. Because honestly, Fikayo, and like right before our conversation also, every time we talk about not just this subject, but anything related to women's rights or minority rights or anything of that sort in general, I just feel so heavy and like so anxious because there's a point to which you can bear that exhaustion of having to like fight, beg, negotiate for the very basic human right. Like the term human right has started to lose, like, you know, it's gravity. value. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I just want to even add this really quickly, right? So, so this is an interesting one because again, just trying to have this conversation with a broad spectrum of people. And I remember speaking to, 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 to a Nigerian friend of mine, a Nigerian male friend of mine, and he said, well, okay, if a woman decides she wants to abort, you know, and the, and the father wants to keep the child, what then? And I'm like, wait, so let me get this right. You want me to be pregnant because you want a kid. Well, I don't want to be pregnant because I don't want a kid. Like, what are you talking about, right? And then he was like, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if, if a woman can decide to abort if the father wants the child, then if the woman decides to keep the child, the father can also walk away. And I was like, that's what men already do. Like, do you know how many single fathers there are? Like, that is such a, like, don't do, like, it's the same thing. So, for example, right now, there's a, there's a massive conversation around rape, right? And yeah. you find a lot of Nigerian men on Twitter saying shit like, well, rape, false rape, uh, people who accuse uh, rapists wrongly or people who make false accusations of rape should also do as much jail time as rapists. And I'm like, all right, well, there's two things wrong with that. One, the crime, those two crimes are not the same thing, right? So, you know, don't like that. Those are not the same. Like, (laughs) like the person who stole and the person who walked by while, while the crime was occurring, that's not the same thing. The second thing is how many rape accusations are actually false in comparison to how many rape accusations are true, right? Like this is again, like it just, every time conversation, like (laughs) I just, you're like all lives matter all lives matter because once again you're trying to drown out the actual conversation i agree and by the way i think all legal systems unless there's some like really um i don't know if there might be very few but like almost every legal system does have a prescribed punishment for false accusations of exactly so you've got you've got that covered okay just don't drag that into as as like an argument for our right to not exist exactly and I think, yeah i completely agree. i think just as as, yeah sorry oh, you're saying sorry go no, i was just saying the thing about like what if the father wants the baby the father if he really wants that baby in his own agency he can adopt he can like have exactly. a surrogate mother he's got plenty of options like you like for you to think that the only way for you to have that child it's is to, to put a woman <laughs> a pregnancy that they don't like is fucked up completely agree i completely agree and i think i think just to circle back right so that that kind of becomes my issue when people are having the abortion conversation because i think people don't have that conversation from a space of it's either you know they're not having the conversation from a place of facts and figures and actual logic yeah. or just trying to derail the conversation it's like the issue is the fact that abortions are going to happen regardless of the state right like it's, it's a fact like 
this thing is going to happen whether or not it's legal, whether or not there's a doctor present. This thing is going to happen, right? So why don't we make laws that actually help us either one, prevent it, or two, you know, protect the people who are victims of this, right? So for example, if you're going to go, like, I believe that in every country where abortion is illegal, there should be extra investments in uh, maternal uh, mortality, like in maternal care, first of all, there should be extra investments in sexual health education and the like contraceptives should be free. Because if you are saying to me that if I get pregnant, I must keep it to the very end, you have to then put systems in place that protect my life to the very end, right? Nigeria has one of the highest maternal mortality rates in the world. How is abortion mm. then illegal in a place where pregnant women die? Like you said, I mean, they have no concern whatsoever about the mother's life or women's life in general. They also don't have any care for that child's life after they're born or when they're being born or like, yeah, like child again, like infant mortality rates. I or completely maternal. agree. I completely agree. I mean, and again, it, sorry, let me just finish this. And again, even in Nigeria, like, Adoption is so difficult. So let's even say I'm a woman who can't afford an abortion or who can't have an abortion because, you know, it's not going to be safe and I could die. So I have the baby. I don't die while having the baby. And now I decide I want to give that child up for adoption. Adoption is one of the most difficult things. Like I've actually gone to look up the process. It's not even like, for example, single (laughs) women cannot adopt. Single men cannot adopt. Same-sex couples cannot adopt. Like even like married couples, so married cis couples, straight couples who want to adopt, it takes anywhere from 18 months to four years to adopt. Like, again, if you were going to make something illegal, then put round parameters that either make the thing unnecessary or, you know, make it easier to deal with the consequences of the thing, right? I just just, just feel like if you're going to tell me about it, and I've said this, I, I was speaking to a friend who's actually in government recently, and I said, see, okay, you know what? Let's say you want to keep abortion illegal. You cannot find it in your heart to make the case for abortion to be legal. Mm-hmm. Then again, build hospitals with specialists for you know, women who are in labor. Like women die in, la- in Nigeria every day. Like there's actual data that shows that if 10 women go into labor in Nigeria, two will die. That, I'm not surprised. That is insane. I mean, like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Like, if 10 women go to labor, two will die, and then you're forcing people to keep pregnancies, right? So invest in that. Also, invest in like simple family planning and contraception. Make the morning after pill free. Um, make condoms free. You know, like just put in place measures that, that allow people not get pregnant so people don't have to have abortions because pregnancy is a consequence of sex. So, you know... <laughs> but Kakao, that isn't something like... That isn't something what their end goal is their end goal is not to prevent abortions that is just very misleading these people are also not anti-abortion pro-choice people are anti-women's agency of themselves and i think the sooner women understand it the better it is for them i agree with that right because if you think like they want to prevent abortions so they're going to give you like the infrastructure the uh, health resources or like other capacities or they would like give you 
sex education or awareness or contraceptions like these countries charge you like fucking heavy taxes on sanitary products for menstrual cycles okay they want you to pay heavy bucks for something which is natural it's almost like an incriminating punishing mechanism that oh you're a woman you bleed you must pay for it like so you're expecting them like they have nothing to do with abortion but they have everything to do with women making their choices when you say that you should give me uh what do you call contraceptives or you should give me sex education so i'm not getting pregnant in the first place what you're not realizing is they don't want you having sex in the first place without their permission which is why even countries like india which legalize abortion only allow them like for uh, allow women to have abortions for unplanned, unplanned pregnancies only if they have a marital status you getting it so yeah yeah they just don't want you to be like to do anything by yourself or like use your body by your own free will so i think that is the primary problem and because we like you said like everybody gets so caught up in the emotion of the whole argument and we have this discourse limited to you know oh should the child live should the child not live it's not about it you know and it's 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 not their agenda i mean it's i mean you you know it i know it there's enough evidence out there like ample studies have been done their intention on any level is not about the sanctity of life or about giving a good life to this unborn child that they are standing up for it's nothing of that sort yeah i agree i th- i think i think you're absolutely right and i completely agree i think the, the, a lot of people who are pro life are actually anti agency right <laughs> i think those who are called pro life should be called anti agency because you're not mad at the person being pregnant you just don't you you don't want that person to decide to have that choice of what they now do with their body i i just i i physically cannot understand it i i just Because I try, like I, I genuinely just I want to start having these conversations from a place of like remove the emotion, remove the 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 feelings and subjectiveness. Like, what are the numbers? What are the facts? What are, what are the figures? Right? And let us go from there. You find that in a, in a lot of countries where certain things have been legalized, the 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 level of danger and damage done by the thing is reduced. I'll give you an example in Amsterdam. right Amsterdam is probably the clearest example like i think of where certain drugs are actually legal you find that mm. they have a very low rate of overdosing and issues like that why because yeah. people use the drugs first of all in most cases is either prescribed or they get it from somebody who's actually a professional so the amount of the drug they're using is enough like it's it's like people are going to do these things regardless of what you say right so again create a yeah. framework where people can actually do it safely people can do it legally people can do it without fear of recrimination and then you you deal yeah. with the consequences because i i've been working with some female agencies in nigeria like uh, some women's rights agencies and you hear these stories like there was a story of like a, a 12 year old girl who was raped who then get got pregnant and you know she was taken to this clinic for an abortion and the abortion was botched badly ashwara this girl was yeah. stitched up like a cow like just looking at that like the picture like was so repulsive to me and i just yeah. 
myself is this girl is 12 like what like in what world is she going to have a normal life ever you know and i just feel like if these are the kind of stories that we are going to have then we need to create a safe space so that these stories don't end up so tragically and i i i, I you know and these I, stories are not like limited in number okay no, by any no measure they're not. no like, they're not so many of them like so like you talking oh so like okay most countries uh even like i think nigeria also where uh everywhere where abortion is illegal there is that one exception uh, clause of exception which says like oh unless it's uh, on medical grounds or unless it's out of rape or incest uh you know in that case you can have an abortion but once again like just the practicality of this is far uh like removed like, for instance most of these developed uh, sorry developing countries who allow for uh, abortions in cases of rape or sexual assault and such are like they they don't have the most robust legal systems or uh, like the most um, uh, what do you call progressive judiciaries either okay they they have like uh, cases take a long period of time so i'll give you an instance and this is appalling this this i'm like i'm cringing saying this so there's this one case in india and there are like so many of them i'm not exaggerating there are many such cases so there's one case of this 14 year old girl from a state in india called uttar pradesh so this 14 year old was um raped and she got impregnated okay <clears throat> and it was because of the whole stigma around it and also like she didn't want to report it and such and such so anyways so it the uh, the case came to light and uh, by that point she was already like um, what do you call uh, i think over 20 24 weeks pregnant and then the law also says that if a pregnancy has to be terminated it has to be done before 20 to 24 weeks like after that you will need a court's order to um to terminate it so you'll have to get a high court order and then a doctor can perform an abortion so what happened was complaint was filed and then it took like 8 to 9 long weeks before the order was given and by that point the girl was already 33 weeks pregnant like you couldn't terminate that pregnancy oh like it, it would kill the That's girl horrible. right and then she had to uh not only did she have to um yeah did she uh, give birth to the child but because of the stigmatization and the ostracization that surrounds it she was made to marry a rapist oh and this God. is not like a one off case you can yeah, find yeah. this in indian every other day that's insane so what i'm telling you like when you talk about why we need to stop calling them pro pro life and more like anti agency is because you won't find the kind of stigma that surrounds uh what do you call abortion to be the same as the kind of stigma that surrounds drug use yeah i mean they have their they have their own thing going on but you can't equate them on the same level no, i agree with that i agree with that abortions and like Yeah so like these women like i said like you they are any day inviting honor killing or um, being stigmatized or ostracized and like of course their families give up on that without a doubt very very rarely would you find i mean 
at least I'm, I'm speaking from my experience of living in the northern belt of India. It's a horror story. It's an absolute horror story. So, which is why it's not enough when we talk about, like, it's good that, you know, like, people have conversations about these, or it's good to, like, broaden the discourse also. But, like, I, I really agree when you say that we need to keep this conversation very practical in terms of the implication that it has on people's actual lives, rather than talking about like in very rhetoric terms of like value of life or sanctity of life, that doesn't mean shit. Like, let's talk about the sanctity of the life of that 14 year old now who was made to marry her rapist. I, I think so, I completely agree with that. I, I, I think it, it's a very, because again, you know, coming back to, I, I, I don't know about India, but in Nigeria, yes, even though abortion is like illegal and it's only if the mother's life is in danger, sex selective abortions are actually more common than a lot of people know. And then again, that then comes back to my argument of what the fuck? Like, so I can decide not to have a certain gender, but I can't decide not to be pregnant at all. Like, I just, I just... I, I'm just at a point where I'm ready for yeah. us to have these conversations from a practical... India and Nigeria have very, very similar struggles. Yeah, I, would, I would say that. I agree. Like, I feel like Nigeria and India are just like, yeah, what is the worst thing we can do? Let's do it. <laughs> and then we can top it some, you know? <laughs> it's like, India's in the back like, oh, I did this. And Nigeria's like, oh, I should do that too. It's like, oh my God, what the fuck are you doing right now? Yeah. anyway actually let's do this let's wrap this up honestly i just love talking to you about these things because i feel like we're able to sort of come from it from the perspective of women from developing countries and it's just it's always very it's always such an interesting perspective to just always try and understand things from a very factual standpoint um all right cool so we have about i think five yeah. minutes left um do you have any parting ideas any parting words just to sort of wrap up this conversation no just like um yeah like just any time in the future now that we have a conversation with other people or like with each other or other podcasts or whatever, let's make it um, a rule to like set the ground rules as like, this is not pro-choice versus pro-life. This is basically we're talking pro-choice versus anti-agency, right? So that kind of should set the tone for mm. what people are going yeah. to discuss and not like waste time determining what which life is more valuable and yeah. you know a god's blessing and shit like that because i think there's a lot more that needs to be like you these people are talking about pregnant women like i mean other than the whole pregnant women's mortality rate and all of that stuff you know like women oftentimes don't like now let's say it's a planned pregnancy and the woman woman is healthy and she goes into labor and such do you know the amount of discretion the husband or like the doctor has in like quite a few developed countries where depending on so there's this uh ill vice which is known as forced cesarean section deliveries right so it's actually more profitable for the hospitals to perform cesarean sections because they want to keep their, uh, what do you call, their success rates high because, um, you know, it's, um, you get easy deliveries when you're performing cesarean section, although it's an invasive surgery procedure, right? So they would, uh, what do you call, they would either play foul with the family saying wow. that, oh, there's a last complication, 
and also like because it's an invasive surgery so the patient needs to be kept in the hospital for a longer period of time which means you can bill them for a longer period of time right and these are actual what do you call these instances are happening on mass numbers in multiple countries but something which even in the domain of public health i mean this is nowhere a part of the global conversation when we're talking about reproductive health or women's health or you know health in general so and what happens in these cases is that uh, oftentimes if you have instances where women uh, like so for like cesarean section is being performed on women on more than one or two instances i mean it it's such a huge risk of getting an infection like the number of women who eventually die from this is also so high and these are all like your plan like so what i'm trying to say is there are so many aspects of this conversation and just letting people you know like just letting people what do you call um delineate us from the whole actual conversation about women and their health and their security into just having a very narrow conversation about oh whether or not a child should get a right or whether it's acceptable to god or not i think it just makes me so angry you just blinding people into you think and you know like this comes under the pretext that there's an actual conversation happening whereas it does more harm than good like i would rather not talk about it than talk about something like this waste the time and give into the misconception that there's something happening you getting it so yeah, yeah. no i agree with that i i definitely um, agree with and that agency. yeah i think i think going forward i'm just going to be like anytime someone tells me you know i'm pro life i'm just going to be like no you're anti agency <laughs> like i just you know no um yeah. I, i'm done with this we're not doing that you're anti agency get out of my face um but babe honestly i'm just so grateful you took the time to have this conversation with me um I just I, I'm ready for practical conversations, real life conversations, uh, and just sort of trying to understand, you know, the world around us as women and women of color. I just feel like we we need to start taking a stand and creating safe spaces for ourselves. Um, to everyone yeah. who listened to this episode, thank you so much for listening. Um, hopefully, you listen to all the other episodes and episodes to come. Um, enjoy the rest of your evening. <laughs>